Anand Menon is the director of UK in a Changing Europe. Welcome to the programme. Thank you. How is it different from the previous one? Well, it's different in several ways. It's different in the detailed issue of Northern Ireland because the backstop per se has gone. Uh, now, critics will say, actually, that's because the backstop has become a front stop. Northern Ireland is locked into a situation where legally it's in the EU's, the UK's customs territory, but there will still be customs checks between Northern Ireland and Great Britain. And that is something that many Conservative MPs and, of course, the DUP argued at the time of Mrs May was fundamentally acceptable. The other difference that I think Jeremy Corbyn is talking about is the fact that the reason Boris Johnson has negotiated a different deal is because he wants a looser relationship with the European Union than Mrs May did. And the economic consequences of that will be more severe. In the sense of the border down the Irish Sea question, what is the reality on that? Well, the reality is that there are going to have to be checks. Uh, a lot of the detail of this deal has, in a sense, been delegated to this joint committee that exists in the withdrawal agreement to sort out details of how these processes will work. One of the things that surprised me, I have to say, is the EU has been willing to live with a greater degree of uncertainty over what happens to VAT and how it is policed than I ever thought they would. So in that sense, there's no point hiding the fact the, the British government has made real progress in shifting the EU from where I thought it was firmly entrenched. However, given that those checks between Northern Ireland and GB are going to happen, those customs checks, the big question, I think, for Boris Johnson is how in the world does he get the DUP to back this? How, I mean, is there anything you could see that would get them over the line? Because there is some surprise that he's gone ahead with announcing the deal without getting them signed up. Well, I mean, I'm not privy to the private thinking of DUP MPs. And what I would say is that this has been tried before. Mrs May tried to bounce them way back when in 2017, if you recall. And my sense is the DUP aren't very bouncy. Uh, but that's certainly what <laughs> Boris Johnson is trying. What a sentence. Yeah, go on. <laughs> is, is, you know... We're going we're gonna to get this deal done. We're going to welcome it with a fanfare. I imagine when he does his press conference with Jean-Claude Juncker, he'll say this is a triumph for Britain and hope that by ramping up the pressure on these 10 MPs, uh, he will make them fold. I mean, I wouldn't like to predict, to be honest. No, no, of course. And, and no one would like to at this moment. What, so if, if someone was about to look at the deal and then decided they can't face the 65 pages as some people are getting in touch with us to say please can you summarize um what have they replaced the backstop with they've replaced the backstop with a if you like an end state for northern ireland that is a little bit ambiguous so legally uh in the uk's customs territory but also part of the uh, customs territory of the island of ireland uh the, in regulation, the Northern Ireland will follow quite a lot of EU regulations to prevent the need for a border between North and South. And remember, when we had this debate in 2017, there were many Conservative MPs saying, I will not for a moment tolerate a situation in which part of the United Kingdom lives under a different legal system to the rest of the United Kingdom. Well, that's what we have. Uh, but it gets rid of the backstop per se, which had become a sort of uh, bete noire for many MPs. Uh, and it allows Boris Johnson to say, I can free Great Britain more effectively from customs union, from EU rules, than Theresa May's deal would have allowed me to do. How, how is it being proposed that custom checks happen and where? Well, the devil on that is going to be in the detail and hand on heart, Emma, I haven't ploughed through all those pages as yet, so I'd be reluctant to guess. Okay, and that's completely fair enough. This is just breaking. Everyone's getting to grips with it. Do we have any further idea around how 
it's been agreed or how it could be agreed around the issue of consent, the need for approval for institutions in Ireland? Well, this is the other big problem for the DUP. Uh, when Boris Johnson proposed this notion of consent in his original proposals, it was a rather clever wheeze that was meant to get the DUP on board because it gave them a veto because of the precise mechanisms proposed for consent. Now, the new version is a simple majority vote instalment that leaves open the prospect of the DUP being outvoted, which is a situation they like far, far less. What would you say the main compromises are on our side and then on the EU side? The main compromise on our side, I think, is to allow for those customs checks between Great Britain and Northern Ireland. On the EU side, I would say a remarkable amount of flexibility over the details of how you manage things like VUT, VAT, Northern Ireland compliance with EU law. I would have thought they would have been sticklers for EU authorities doing that, and they seem to have moved away from that position. So there's been a bit of give and take on both sides. Some are saying this is a softer Brexit than Theresa May's deal and some are saying that is because of talk of a level playing field. I don't think it's a softer Brexit because of that. And it's worth just being clear about what level playing field means. Level playing field are the conditions in terms of environmental standards, in terms of workers' rights, that the European Union wanted us to sign up to in order that they would be willing to give us market access. Uh, what Boris Johnson has said quite clearly is the UK will not be willing to sign up to those level playing field conditions. That means, I think, that the European Union, when we come to negotiate trade in the future, is going to be far more reluctant to offer us the sort of market access they were willing to with level playing field. And so we'll get a more restrictive deal, which means a harder Brexit. Oh, that's interesting to hear that way around. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it, uh, people are trying to, I suppose, pick apart what's different in both. It's very interesting to get your early take on this. Uh, of course, others are, are saying a real victory, a political victory for Boris Johnson at this point. Don't want to say it too early because, of course, it has to get through the House. But it was always said by the EU, I say always, in the 80-odd days he's been Prime Minister, that the withdrawal agreement wasn't open to renegotiation. How much would you say this is a victory? You see... I don't think that's true. Uh, my recollection is the European Union have said that the fundamental objectives they were seeking to achieve via the withdrawal agreement remained the same. And so what they wouldn't do was sacrifice those objectives. Objectives when it comes to citizens' rights or the Brexit bill, but also the objective about preserving the status of the island of Ireland not having physical infrastructure. I don't think they ever said in terms, we are not touching the withdrawal agreement. There was a reticence to reopen, to not negotiate again. They said they've done all they wanted to. The, the direct quotes are not directly in front of me, but that is people's uh, strong take on that. But that is why think, it's being badged up as a victory by some. I think you're absolutely right in the sense that the EU's re initial reaction was, good Lord, we spent two years negotiating this 600-page document. You're not really telling us you want to reopen it, are you? That's not something we're going to do willingly. Uh, but I don't think there was a principled objection to finding a solution. And remember, in some ways, not in every way, but in some ways, what we have done is reverted back to something very close to the original agreement the EU had with Theresa May when there was a Northern Ireland-only backstop. Now, this isn't a backstop. It is different. It's worth stressing that. But in terms of core principles, the EU can turn around to their constituents and say, we have stuck to our guns. Thank you very much for putting us in the picture there. Anand <laughs> Menon, Director of UK and a Changing Europe.